of all Champions League goalkeepers I've seen, and Carrius included, what about the fella in the goal for Villarreal? Carrius included is the worst thing any Liverpool <laughs> fan can say. That's the harshest. Well, Carrius was hopeless, wasn't he? OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. It's 8.54, it's time for us to turn our attention to rugby. Keith Wood is with us. Keith, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? I was just la- laughing over your virtual insanity and wondering whether that ages you, actually, and whether you've ever worn those odd hats. Was, that was the first thought that came to my head this morning. There you go. Uh, it, it, it ages all of us. Owen hasn't a clue what we're talking about. No, of course he doesn't. We're talking about Jamiroquai. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. Who, who did I see? Oh, there was someone in Eurovision, actually, the last day. Was it the winner? Was it the winner of Eurovision had a Jamiroquai hat on? I don't know. I think that if that's, that kind of places you in a different position altogether that you're watching Eurovision, but that's okay, uh, Owen, I suppose. Why Why? Why does it turn you off, Keith? I would have oh, had I'm, you down I'm, as a massive Eurovision fan. I'm, no? I'm not a Eurovision fan. Um, the, the only joy of Eurovision back in the day was listening to Terry Wogan absolutely taking the mickey out of everybody. Um, but uh, ever since then, no, that's gone. That's gone for me. A good, a good monster man. But uh, speaking of Europe... See what I did there? Uh, Leinster's performance at the weekend was as good as we've ever seen. Obviously, they have to get the job done for us to be able to fully enjoy it. But while the final is still to be decided, we should enjoy it because it was a level of excellence which we've rarely seen in Irish rugby, if ever. Yeah, I, I, look, I think that's a cracking summation for it. And it's not one wanting to put the moxers on it and, uh, and, and that they don't kind of go there and get to the... Get to the um, get to actually hold the trophy at the end of it, but their performances over the last number of weeks have been um, pretty extraordinary. Uh, they managed their players really, really well, and that's used as a criticism um, from from the British teams and the French teams, which I consider to be one of the greatest compliments we can get to the Irish system and to Leinster in particular. But um, I, they looked in control from start to finish, and and to watch a team like Toulouse, and and of course they retired from the previous week, but that didn't that wouldn't count until maybe the last ten or fifteen minutes of of the first half, and maybe the last half an hour of the second half. But for the rest of it, it was the manner in which Leinster were playing. Um, look, I, I was reflecting on it for a couple of things. One, I was. Um, I was being particularly protective of Johnny Sexton two or three years ago and maybe protective of the number 10 jersey in Ireland, knowing that we weren't getting players through the system, um, that we were having some players there, but none of them were able to oust him. And and I would have said two or three years ago, he was at risk of getting um, smashed and knocked out of all kilter, if we're honest. But uh, the manner in which both Ireland and Leinster play is he's incredibly well protected. And for me, um, he played a, a directing role um, for, for for all the time he was on the pitch of such a standard the other day that it looked as if he just turned back time. And he was, yes, he's not as fast as he used to be, but it was a commanding performance. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he deserved whatever plaudit he got. And actually, if... If um, Ireland and Leinster are able to continue to play in that fashion and protect him, we will get him to the World Cup. And not just that, and my fear was he'd get to the World Cup, but wouldn't be able to deliver. Um, At the moment, he's delivering at the highest standard. So 
for that alone, it was wonderful. But then everybody else, there was there weren't cameos. Every other player on the field stood up. Just great. A, a quick question on, on Sexton while you bring it up, right? The announcement during the week of <coughs> the two midweek games uh, against the New Zealand Marys, very interesting. It means that those five games now in New Zealand offer both the opportunity for a historic victory on New Zealand soil of one of the three tests, but also an opportunity to develop some players. So I suspect, initially I thought that maybe they won't bring some of those front-line players and they'll bring a big squad, but it'll be kind of, you know, slightly diluted first choice. Now I feel like they might just bring this massive squad where they do like 40 players or more and it divides into two and there's a midweek test and there's a, a, a test series, but actually everybody gets to work and understand exactly what it's like. And in that context, Sexton probably does go on the tour. Maybe even Keen Healy goes on the tour. Like players who you thought, well, they'll just keep, keep them at home to make sure that they get as long um, out of them as possible. But actually the benefit of having those two extra matches, it just changes the whole tone of things for me. Well, it does if the squad is huge and it means the RFU are, are, are going to dig deep to make certain they can bring um, that number of players. Um, but it does, it makes a huge difference. I, I'm a huge fan of midweek matches and in, in times when uh, the level wasn't at that standard or the hits weren't at that standard, you can get away with doing a, with one squad. Um, uh, my dad actually went on a Lions tour that had 33 matches and uh, which is just kind of crazy um, to think of you'd have a 33-match tour. But um, um, I know those things have changed since, obviously. But the midweek matches are are brilliant to to get a sense of um, of the history of rugby and that it's a bit more than a game. And when you go down to New Zealand, you're going to get a, a fairly high insight into that. But we do need to blood players, and it isn't blood them to give them a cap. It's to blood them to give them get them used to to um, different types of pressure all the time. And what we have seen over the last few weeks, if some people haven't reacted as well under pressure, but now they've learned from that. So it's they are the, those failures, if you want to call them that, are the areas where you learn from most. But the opportunity to be exposed against fast-running, very hard, very physical teams. Uh, having to perform and turn up every couple of days, that gives you a huge sense of togetherness for the squad. So I don't know if they'd have it as two separate squads and I hope there'd be some level of interactivity to it. Um, I'd go back to something that Don Lennon um, did in 1989 on the Lions Tour um, and they're the only real comparators uh, to having midweek matches at the moment. And he captained the midweek team and his, the onus that was on him was he had to deliver for the midweek team so that they could put pressure on the team that was playing uh, on the Saturday and that they every player had to play very well because there was a, um, a string of players behind them who were going to take their place if they didn't play well. That's a great opportunity for the senior and the junior players that go out onto that tour because you're going to be in a position where if there's an injury, you're in. So you're focused all the time. And for me, it's the, the first time we've had this big play on, on getting it right for 18 months' time. I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, to go back to, to Leinster at the weekend and um, that tangent aside, uh, are there any issues that you see from that game and from La Rochelle and La Rochelle last year that persist? Or is it a, a different test that Leinster will pose for O'Gara and 
his brain's trust and the players on the field? Look, I think an awful lot of it comes down. The, the, the one weakness where Leinster were last week was at scrum time. Um, if there was any change or if there was any lack of concentration at any stage. Um, and Toulouse went for certain scrums, they didn't go for all of them. La Rochelle, I think, would do something similar. I, I Look, I thought it was a very complete performance because it looked as if Leinster were playing at a high level of, of aggression. I'm surprised they didn't target DuPont as much as Monster did. Um, they did a couple of times, but not not anywhere near as much as Munster did. They just played their own game. And it's a great sense of confidence in that to say, yeah, they did something really well, but actually we do things differently. And um, I, for me, there was a fluidity in it. Um, the concentration had to be at 100%. My view against Leicester um, the week previously was their concentration was excellent for about 25 minutes and then it didn't need to be. And I thought they emotionally took their foot off the pedal a little. And when that happens, not every pass sticks and a whole variety of different things can go wrong. Um, they still had enough and always knew they had enough to go up and win. Uh, they felt, it looked like they felt uh, on Saturday that they had to play at that level of accuracy throughout. And I mean, I think they left a few scores behind them. Um, and But I always think they're going to in the manner in which they play because they're, they are playing percentages, but they are taking a risk as well. And um, I think Leinster a few years ago were playing percentages incredibly well and better than anybody else. And then they were stopped. They have to take the risks. And with that, some tries won't be scored. Some mistakes will be made. Um, but for me, it was, a, it was a complete performance. And some tries will probably be scored at the other end as well. That kind of seemed like they're out of the blue, especially when you're up against some of the world's best players. I presume that they've sat down and analysed that risk-reward setup and said, this is worth it because of the scores that we're going to get. I Well, I think so too, but also, um, like, um, Toulouse got a breakaway try. They didn't look like scoring for 20 minutes, you know, so um, Leinster were in, were in pretty much total control of the game. Um I, look, I like the performances of some of the players as well. I think different players are leading. Van der Fleer is, is just reaching unbelievable um, levels of performance. Um, uh, James Lowe is having an impact pretty much every single time he gets a chance. Uh, Gibson Park is unrecognisable to 12 months ago. I, I'm... Um, it's, it's a, I think, a, a telling element for coaches out there that sometimes you need to give players their head and give them the confidence to play. And actually, if you don't get picked, you tend not to play to a performance. And sometimes when you get the opportunity, if you take it, he but he grows week on week. And um, I just thought he was phenomenal. And I, I think that's it takes a lot of pressure off Johnny Sexton as well, that there is another player that's making a whole array of decisions at different times in the game that it doesn't just sit on one person and I think that's been part of that that change to Leinster Can we uh, just take a moment to uh, worship at the altar of the left boot of James Lowe like Jesus Christ that thing's massive There's a Gary Larson cartoon uh, so it's for a guy doing um, uh, arm wrestling and uh, he loses with his right arm and he says, well, why don't we try with the left? And you can see his left arm is in shadow and his, his left arm is about five times the size of the right arm. Well, that's kind of similar to James O's boot when he does connect with it. It's an incredible relieving um, kick. I remember mentioning a long time ago, David Campisi in his last two years with Australia, he lost his pace 
entirely. I mean, it was amazing. He still had a step, but it was getting him into trouble rather than out of trouble. <laughs> um, but he developed a skill. He just practiced because he still wanted to play. And he could kick a spiral with his left leg uh, down the full distance and, and stay within the tram lines. He could kick it 60 yards down the field. He could do the same with his right. And it became an incredible um, and potent relieving tool to have um, if they were under huge pressure. And uh, we're seeing that with James always scoring tries, but um, he is the go-to guy to, to, to hose the ball down the middle of the field. So, um, you know, at different times, they're not under any pressure because they know they can kick it 60 yards. Um, the job that O'Gara has done is probably something that we take a little bit for granted because we, we talk to him all the time. And at the same time, we don't have a bunch of Irish coaches who have gone abroad and reached the very top level as consistently as he has done. We've we have a few, right? Obviously, um, you know, Conor Shea, Mark McCall, they've they've put together great careers, but not as quickly as this. Like it you know, he's still looks like he could come on and kick some of those penalties his I have is missing. Uh like it's it's a phenomenal achievement for him at this early juncture of his career. Absolutely. And he still wears his bitterness incredibly comfortably. You know, he's angry with everybody. He's still bitching and moaning whenever he gets a chance, as if that's a change from anything he's ever had. Um, I Look, I I remember saying it when he went down to, New, uh, he went to France first. I thought, God, that's, a, that's an interesting move for him. That's going to be tough. Then he went down to New Zealand and that's unbelievably rare. And um, like we, we'll find this out during the summer, but the Kiwis don't particularly care about anybody else it's their way is right and it's the best way and they have the best system and um, they're a bit dismissive of most um, but I could I can tell you so having spoken to some of the players that's the esteem under which Raj was was um, dealt with by players and management alike and fans which is an interesting one to turn over down in New Zealand they just like the different input and he was considered a player of with a high degree of excellence um, he was a coach that they wanted to listen to because he, he thought of things differently. He had a good emotional sense of things, which in a lot of cases New Zealand try not to do, and but they liked that difference. Um, and he learned an awful lot from it. That's a very difficult, uh, unworn path to, to go down to New Zealand and then to come back up and get a chance and sit in the shadow last year and then have to do it on his own this year. Like that's a very fast elevation. Um, I think he is. I think he's worn it well in his bitchy comments, in his arguments, in his arguments with other coaches on the sideline, in his uh, drive for success. Um, um, I think he's done an extraordinary job, and and it's quite interesting. We we often talk about budgets and different things like that. He's gone to a club that is rooted in the community, so I think that's probably a very good fit for Raj. Um, but he's his own man doing his own thing, and um, look, I think it. I think it's it's phenomenal to watch. And you mentioned Mark McCall. Mark McCall has done that with Saracens. He's been there for 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 a huge period of time. Conor O'Shea has done it in in his way as well. Um, it's quite public the way Raj has done it. And um, Saracens have a different structure, actually, for Mark McCall. So it isn't really all about Mark McCall. It kind of is all about Raj. And I don't mean mean that it's not all about Raj, but it's all about Raj in La Rochelle. It's on his shoulders, yeah. It's on his shoulders. And the structures that are there, 
are about promoting the coach to be the 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 hero or the fall guy. That's a really tough place to be. So um, uh, look, I think he's done an incredible job. I thought he got out of jail at the weekend. Um, Ohio West, um, or he scored the try at the end, but he he put the team under huge pressure missing those penalties. Um, and you, th- those penalties need to go over in those matches. And for them to do well against Leinster will, will require every single opportunity taken. Um, but the and I love the idea of 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 uh, of, of keeping the ball the 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 um, that that style that they have. Um, but I want them to look inside to who they're passing to. I there must have been ten passes inside with no look passes that went um, uh, that went to um, to to their opponents. And I. I you know, I, I, there, there requires a bit more discipline required for that only because Leinster will exploit that entirely. So, I look, I think he's done an extraordinary job. Whether they're going to be good enough to beat Leinster, in my mind, you can't look away from Leinster being, um, uh, being champions. The only plus for Raj is that it's not away and there is that psyche, which is extraordinary. And I actually think it helped La Rochelle to not be playing um, in, the- in Racing's ground yeah. because it just affects it affects the French teams. I, like I, there should be a study done on it. Why is it that that's the case? Why is there? Um, it's like an imposter uh, um, syndrome once you play away from home when you really shouldn't be there. You shouldn't win. But um, down in Marseille. It's an incredible place, um, one of the great places to, to watch rugby, one of the great cities and the enjoyment that you're going to have beforehand. Like that's some trip for Leinster fans to go down to see. So that's the only thing I would say that I don't think they'll be as tight as they were in the semi-final. All right, Keith, we'll leave it there for now. We'll obviously preview that final in plenty of time. Thanks a million. Cheers. Brilliant. Cheers, Anson.